The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the second of the top of the hour, uh, 11 a.m. here on the Pacific Coast, 2 p.m. on the uh, East Coast, or for time if you listen to some podcasts. And uh, well, for today's show, honestly, we have, um, well, nothing. Last week's 12 hour episode took up so much brain space and so much work time. That is a episode that Dave and I spent the last week working on uh, not actually building a show. But luckily, the tech world has provided us lots of stuff to talk about. So uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined as always by Dave Dave from Beanstalk SEO. Dave, how are you doing on, over there on the other side of town? Uh, you know what? Uh, you, you saw the game last night, so you probably know how I'm doing. <laughs> oh, man. That was 60 minutes of hockey brilliance. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I have ever, uh, ever been as excited and edge of my seat uh, about a zero-on-zero game <laughs> uh, as that one. Uh, kudos to, uh, to, to both goalies. Brilliantly played. Um, wonderful score uh, or wonderful goal there. 19 seconds. I mean, it just... That was awesome. It was awesome. Awesome game. Um, so, for those of you who aren't Canucks fans, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, but we are. So, there we go. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the things that's, that's, that's hard in the tech industry about these sporting events is, like, you know, we have all... We have, think of your Facebook friends list for a second, Dave, and think of all those poor folks out on the uh, on the American Eastern Seaboard who are all, like, you know, Beantown fans, and, of course, they're from New York. Yeah, I have this... Uh, I have a friend, um, former host of SEO 101, uh, co-host of SEO 101, Eric Ladner, who I was positive was going to be like a Bruins fan, eh? but luckily he hates the Bruins, so he's a Canucks fan. Um, I thought him and I weren't going to be able to talk for the next two weeks. <laughs> the the, the coolest thing, though, is if you look at the dates of the of the NHL playoffs, and I know, I know a, a lot of our listeners... Um, I know aren't aren't really into hockey. It's 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 a Canadian thing. We live for this. Um, this is kind of like for us. It's kind of like the World Series and the Super Bowl and the World Cup all rolled into one three month long orgy of intense hockey. And so uh, for Canada, the whole nation stops during NHL playoffs, especially during the Stanley Cup playoffs. And the way the calendar year works out this year, Dave. The way the calendar year works out this year, we may well be at SES Toronto on Monday, June 13th, supposedly at an industry mixer, one of those things, you know, where 
Um, you know, you, you, you paid all this money to go to the go to the conference. You better get something out of it. Except we're going to be busy watching Game Six if it if it should go that far. Um, yeah. So 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 much for that mixer. So uh, Jeff Quip, I understand search engine people. I, I, I'm pretty sure you guys are going to be sponsoring um, one of the parties at uh, SES. Guys, just so you know, there's a hockey game going on. <laughs> Make sure there's a big TV. Yeah, Jeff, I want to see your like. I want to see your TV at the venue. That that, that big <laughs> 60, 60 foot sucker you got on your south wall. I want to see that. Well, if nothing else, it'll be a very very packed. Uh, between periods, networking. And uh, as long as the Canucks win, uh, we'll be dealing with a very friendly, happy crowd afterwards. Oh, um, man, it is going to be... Well, you know what? We'll be dealing with the entire city of Toronto, which is hockey mad. Um, and, you know, since the Leafs haven't won a playoff since 1967, <laughs> uh, any team from Canada becomes Toronto's team, so the whole city <laughs> will just be going apeshit nuts. It'll be wonderful. Yeah. The word vicarious anyway. comes up as they'll, um, they'll be envying us coming from the West Coast. But um, You know what? Speaking of, uh, of SES, now so far all we've really touched on is uh, the, the problems of, uh, of one of the mixers that they're going to be happening. Um, you and I are going to be there and our, our good friend Ross, as well as like just a whack of, uh, of industry veterans, um, are going to be there. What are you thinking? What what do we have to expect? It's, it's shorter than some of the other conferences held uh, held south of the border, but uh, that certainly has not in the past uh, been reflected in, in the quality of the content and uh, and the attendees there. Um, what are you going to be doing there? What are you looking to uh, to pull out of that? Oh man, it's going to be a great conference. Um, I'm really busy. I have uh, I'm I'm actually involved in three different sessions. Um, Moderating the uh, local and mobile session on the second day. I'm sitting as one of uh, two or three experts on the local mobile table on the first day. Um, and uh, what's the third thing? Oh, yeah, I'm doing a site clinic, too. Um, also on, on the uh, second day. Um, I'm not sure what I'm looking to pull out of SES Toronto, actually. It's going to be... I'm. I'm I mean, looking to hook up with old friends. Matt Bailey's going to be there. Uh, Jonathan Allen, director of Search Engine Watch, is going to be there. Brian Eisenberg is going to be there. Um, Bruce Clay, of course, is going to be there. Uh, Laura Callow. Um, actually, I'm just going through the uh, list of speakers right now. It'll be good to see Matt McGowan again. Um, good to see Greg Jarboe, uh, Mike Grehan. And, you know, this is a chance for the Canadian SEO industry Canadian search marketing industry to basically catch up with each other. You know, um, it would be great. To, I haven't, it's funny. I haven't seen Richard Zwicky in almost a year now, though he and I are, you know, talk by Skype or on the phone every once in a while. Um, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be, I'm going to be seeing Richard there. I can't wait for that. Uh, I've got to go hear Marty Weintraub speak, uh, president of AIMCLEAR. It's going to be, uh, Marty always puts on an entertaining show. So uh, anyone who has a chance, if you're in Toronto and you get a chance, go check out Marty Weintraub. Um, he will be speaking on, just trying to figure out exactly what Marty is speaking on. Oh, it doesn't. Don't you hate it when like you're doing research on the fly, like 
like like maybe in an environment like say on live radio and you click the wrong link and you don't actually have the information you were hoping to give people. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Ross I think everybody can there. We've uh, all been on the phone with clients and pulling up their metrics while we're uh, while we're on the phone trying to pull it up on the fly and uh, filling space, much like we're doing right now. Much like we're doing right now, yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, there's going to be a, a, a host of great speakers, a host of uh, great Canadian search marketers, and, and, and a great international search marketers. And um, what am I looking forward to most of it? Um, I'm looking to have a good time. That's it. How about you? What, do you, what are you hoping to walk um, away with? One thing I, I'm interested this is my uh, first time attending um, SES Toronto. I know I've spoken to you many times, heck, half the time on the radio live from there, but it's my first time attending um, one of the uh, Canadian-based conferences. Uh, I think the thing I'm most interested in, and and the irony doesn't escape me here, is um, I'm really looking, and I'm going to be attending a lot of the Canadian-based content um, channels while I'm I'm attending. I'm speaking on Panda while there, and and how it affects Canadians, and we all know it rolled out in Canada a little bit later, but the core of it's basically the same. Um, but I'm really looking forward to attending the, the panels that are on, um, the impact on, on Canada, not a panda specifically, but how Canadians um, should be marketing. And of course, that can, can move uh, move abroad. I mean, we've got a, a client base that's a last count, but 86.4% U.S.-based. When my brain thinks, um, it thinks in terms of, of, of American uh, algorithms, American market space, and, and all of this sort of thing. So um, I'm actually hoping to sort of get, uh, you know, broadened a little bit and, and, and thinking more on a, on a Canadian-centric. We've got two Canadian clients. <laughs> so my brain doesn't naturally focus there. And even there, targeting the American market space as well. So uh, I'm really hoping to, to glean a little bit of what other people are, are understanding and, and seeing from the Canadian marketplace. Um, that's what I'm really, really hoping to, to get out of this. Like you, I, I'm looking forward to seeing some people I haven't seen in a while um, and that sort of side, but from a, a pure academic standpoint, uh, I'm really looking forward to, to listening to and uh, and talking with a, a bunch of uh, Canadian um, SEOs as well and um, getting their take on maybe some of the some of the differences and, and what they're seeing in the Canadian marketplace. And, and as you know, a lot of that can, can transfer over into other markets as well, but maybe help me pull my brain out of uh, out of just a, a U.S. Um, based focus. I mean, obviously, you know that's, that's you know, the huge market. Now, it's, not- a, a, a lot of American search marketers mightn't understand this, but Canada's market is actually very different than America's. We spell things differently. We have different colloquialisms, different you know, different manners of speaking, um, and you know, different uh, well, different hooks that Canadians go for in marketing than Americans might. So, while all Canadian SEOs need to know how to market to an American audience, most American SEOs don't need to really care about the Canadian one because it's relatively so much smaller. It's about 11, 11 um, times smaller than the American market. But i got to tell you, I was trolling around for information on um, SES Toronto yesterday in, in preparation for the show, and it came across an article by Julie King in CanadaOne.com titled Search Engine Essentials, What Canadian Businesses Need to Know. And my first reaction was, great, finally, somebody in the Canadian market writing about, you know, search engine marketing from a Canadian perspective. Mm-hmm. And so 
who do they interview? Who does Julie King choose to interview? And, and again, no, no knock on this guy at all. He's a friend of mine, in fact. But she chooses to interview Jonathan Allen, the British uh, head of Search Engine Watch, about the Canadian market. So the British head of an American magazine, online magazine, gets interviewed about the Canadian market when there are, I could wrap off the top of my head, 20 more than qualified Canadian SEOs to talk about this. And you know what, Dave? This is indicative of Canada. (laughs) We don't eat our own because we don't even notice our own. You know, that is part of the problem. Yeah, uh, again, I'd say the Canadian market eats its own, but we don't even notice our own. Um, nice article, Julie King. Really, it was. It was a, a good article, and you know what? Jonathan says all the right things. But can, uh, you know, if we're talking about Canadian search marketing, can we, you know, maybe interview some Canadians about it? Just, you know, they might have a, a clue. <laughs> right. Again, right. No, no knock on Jonathan Allen. I'm a big fan of Jonathan Allen, actually. I think he's, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a, he's a tremendous person. Um, but, you know, I'm not talking about the UK marketplace. Anyway. Okay, and that's my rant. I'm done. I was just a little bit uh, tigged to see that. Um, now, Moonzor, you know, I, I'm looking at my list of, like, things that I would like to cover, but I'm also looking at the time. Now, should we head in and talk about uh, new things now, or should we take a quick break here and, uh, and come back? I think, so. uh, I think we should go to a break now. I want to jump into um, the Google hacking incident and, uh, well, a number of things. I want to talk, you know, the, 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 the uh, announcement from Apple about iCloud. Um, there's a bunch of stuff I want we, we, we want to talk about, but we really should take a break here. It's uh, quarter after the hour. Um, you're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Stay tuned. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. 
A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T dot com. Your mission, initiate internet marketing measures. Your arsenal, the weapons of mass marketing. Learn how to accomplish your internet marketing initiative with the do-it-yourself tools and directives from the commanding leaders of cyberspace. Weapons of Mass Marketing, presented by RavenTools.com. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is 17 minutes past the hour. Uh, and um, this is not a repeat from last summer. According to, um, well, experts in the security field and folks from Google themselves, Gmail hackers had access to several accounts for months. Dave, we got a new Google hacking story. I mean, this is, this is almost perennial. What's behind this one? Well, it is, it's up in the air what's behind it. You know, there's, there's words going back and forth across, uh, across the Pacific Ocean. Um, you know, China saying, we didn't do it. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you always have to wonder. Okay, you know, we, we all think when well, people from China did it. You know, if we were able to, you know, I mean, track these things and they know where they're from. Well, that doesn't mean the Chinese, for the whole, are doing this, right? Or the government. I mean, it, it could theoretically be um, you know, a group from there. I mean, heck, somebody from uh, from the United States hacked something. I don't, uh, I don't look to Obama and, and you know. <laughs> The, the, the government as a whole and go, hey, they're hacking something. And, you know, Sony got, got hacked. We don't, we don't look, you know, to, to, to nations well, to it. However, <laughs> um, you know, that, that being said, um, you know, there, there, there certainly is motive um, there. And, and we are dealing with a, uh, a, a United States versus um, perspective. We are dealing with a, a semi-hostile environment here. So, um, you do have to look, and the data they were going after is indicative of something that the Chinese government would be looking for. Um, so while they're denying it, um, you know, one, one has to think the, the motives there, the reasons are there, and the data that you theoretically could be trying to pull is something that you would be looking for if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck. Um, you know, one, it, it, it reflects, to go off on a slight tangent for just a second, um, to when Matt Cutts was talking about there not being a sandbox, but that there are signals that might look like a sandbox and act like a sandbox. Well, if it looks like a sandbox and acts like one, just let us call it a sandbox. Because <laughs> that's, you know, if that's what you're doing, then, then that's what you're doing. Uh, I mean, to me, uh, while I view the, the actual scenario itself as, as very, very serious, I mean, you, you and I have talked um, privacy on this show a, a number of times, and you know, here we go. Another exclamation mark on the importance of of privacy um, on users you know, and, and us being aware. This is a case where one has to look, and, and usually my argument is, and, and you and I have debated this, where you tend to side on, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
um, but often, at least on the show, going organizations are, are responsible. These people need to be responsible um, for things in dealing with their privacy policies and, and Facebook leaking data or using data for other things. I've tended in the past to side very much on the it's a user's responsibility to protect their own data. I mean, that's you know, don't put anything on the web. You don't want the world to know, et cetera, et cetera. However, in a case like this, um, where we're dealing with what is supposed to be inherently a secure system, supposed to be inherently a, a, a you know, nice, secure environment that we're supposed to be able to use our emails. You use Gmail. I use Gmail for, for, for many things. Um, and, and it is in this case. I think the, the big point here isn't is it China uh, and, and what were they looking for. I mean, that's you know, help us find the, the motive and, and how this was done. But the bigger issue to me is that it was done and, and that it it has been around for so long and not detected at that point. Um, I mean, that's that's the big concern to me as a user of this system, going, well, how how did they hack in? How did they have access for this long? Um, you know, theory, I guess I don't have the, the official numbers, but reportedly for, for months. And, and, and how am I supposed to trust my data, core data? I mean, these were serious accounts, some of these ones. Um, how am I supposed to trust this system um, with, with my own information um, if people whose information is more serious than me can't be protected after access was was around for this wasn't like a they were in and out you know they were in grab data and out they had access to this for a while well, and how some, did that some, even some, happen? That's important to, to uh, remember here, Dave. Uh, something that's an important factor in the story. These weren't really sophisticated hack attacks. According to Mila Parkour, um, well-known, well-known uh, security expert based in Washington, um, on her blog, um, just a moment, I'm just kidding, the name of her blog, just a sec, Google's running a little slow, on her blog, contagiodump.blogspot.com, um, Mila Parkour outlines that it was, in fact, a very unsophisticated phishing hack. In other words, the people whose uh, accounts and passwords were compromised, they gave the hackers access by giving the hackers the information they requested in an email. Um, a phishing, you know, you know, a, a standard phishing attack. Um, oh, yeah. Hi, we're Google Quality Service to make sure that your account is running smoothly. We need to have your email address and password. Well, you might send out thousands and thousands and thousands of those emails to gain access to the system. You just need one to bite. And, um, you know, apparently the uh, hackers were targeting senior U.S. government officials, Chinese activists, and journalists. And um, as you said earlier, Dave, it's up to the individual to provide their own security on their own computers. And sometimes I wonder, good God. How are these people qualified to be senior U.S. government officials if they fall for a phishing attack? <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because I've, I've read like three different articles on this and, and never never hit that, how that didn't make any of the articles that I'd read on the subject. I am, uh, I'm not sure. Funny question, and, and I think, you know, to, to your point, I think we can all remember... Um, and it was on the Daily Show, making fun of of, of the late senator. But um, when when you know you 
got internet being regulated. Oh, kick him when he's down. Two. Do it. Do it anyway. Stevens, um, <laughs> you were an idiot. Um, I'm referring, of course, to, to, to Senator, uh, the late Senator Ted Stevens, um, who very clearly illustrated his lack of information or, or lack of knowledge on the internet, which would ordinarily be fine because that's, you know, different people have different skills. He probably was on par with, say, my dad or something like that. And it, well, you know, my dad probably knows more than him, but, um, you know, he was in charge of regulating portions of it. So that, that became the, the joke and the problem there. So these are the people in, in the, in the upper, upper levels of, of every bureaucracy you end up with, with people like that. Um, I mean, I, I think in, in this case, if, if it was a, a standard thing, maybe there, you know, some protocols should come in. I will put a little bit of, like, you know, you got to change your password every X days. Uh, maybe something for Google to bring in and go, hey, if you're part of, you know, this organization, you know, we're going to just automatically make this happen. We have to change it every seven days or something like that. Um, you know, the, the responsibility, though, I, and, and I, I, I will have to say it again in, in a weird way, is they have to know where these people are coming from now go through proxy, so I can understand how you could hide it for sure, but um, I mean, if, if they were seeing IP requests to, to U.S.-based accounts coming in from China, one has to wonder why that isn't tripping any... Like, that's the part that almost more concerns me, is, is, is how are these requests coming in from China without some some means of detection. If this was the very first time something like this had happened, that would be totally different, right? You'd go, wow, did not see that one coming. Maybe you should have, but, you know, okay. Um, but it's not the first time something like this has happened. It's, I mean, this has been a known you know, sort of problem, not just for Google, of course, but um, you know, to not have some system in place to do detection on understanding. We know, and we'll talk about personalization on mobile later, we know they know where we are. <laughs> so why can't they connect these two and go, but this account's U.S., and we've got all these accesses, you know, coming from outside the U.S., but we've also got these accesses coming in from China. If you've got access to the same account um, from two very, very different geographical locations, should that not trigger something? Like, somewhere should this not trigger something? Who knows? Maybe that's something they'll, they'll work on now. I do put that portion of ownership on Google. These, I mean, this seems like a really, really simple thing to me, especially since they've got all of this detection capability already in place um, to, to then apply it there and, and provide that added level of security. I hadn't read um, that it was done via, via phishing, and, of course, that does fall more onto my, uh, my pre-existing um, beliefs that, yeah, it, it, you're... You're the idiot now, right? I mean, you know, I'm sure they're not all idiots. Some of them probably have IQs well in excess of mine, but you you made the stupid mistake here, so you have to take some responsibility. I do think Google does have to, to stand up on this one, though, and go, we've got foreign attacks on these accounts. We've got foreign phishing on these accounts. This isn't the first. This isn't the last. You know, we've got all the detection capabilities in place to figure this one out. Hey, why don't we apply this to our to our, not just Gmail, but all of our, um, you know, account to you know, Google Docs, Google, you know, all of that stuff, and go, if, if the account's owned here and we see it come from here, hey, one off, that may be different, but if I see them log in in the United States where they say they are, and then a day later um, they're also logging in from China, and then they're back again, you know, if you see this inconsistent pattern, you know, there, there should be something there, or just a force like, hey, you're, you're coming from China, okay, here's, you know, verify this information about yourself. Right, like you know, we all have a pass, you know, a password retrieval key or something. You know, something, something to help protect against this. 
As I understand it, and this comes from an unconfirmed source, I want to really, really stress that. This is a live source, and I'm not able to confirm this. So, uh, you know, take it, take it as that. For sensitive email accounts, or Gmail accounts, I should say, Google is now implementing a two-step registration process or login process. Um, I, again, don't have enough information on that to tell you what they're doing or how they're doing it. But, um, I mean, obviously Google's very concerned about this sort of thing. It's a black eye on Google. It's a black eye on cloud computing. And it's, um, you know, Google's had its issues with um, Chinese hackers or the Chinese government. Um, And, again, there's not enough evidence to say who exactly has done what. There's a lot of suspicion. Um, Google's had its issues with China so badly that after the last hacking incident in January of 2010, Google moved its central core servers from Beijing to the quasi-independent island of city island of Hong Kong. Um, and I believe that, that uh, Google's good there until uh, 2031 when um, governance of Hong Kong reverts back to Beijing. Um, of the island of Hong Kong, I should say, reverts back to Beijing. Hong Kong is still a quasi-independent state uh, or, or zone within China. So it's been, it's been so bad for Google in China, they've actually had to give up many of their ambitions in the Chinese market. This hacking attempt, well, just, you know, or this hacking attempt, this, this, this hacking incident, just makes it harder for Google to... Uh, find common cause with the Chinese authorities and, and break this logjam um, that, that, you know, that prevents Google from giving um, full or relatively full service to Chinese consumers. And I'm sure, Dave, you and I could argue till the cows come home the merits of engaging with uh, China or not engaging with China. But we can't argue that right now because I'm getting signal from the booth. We've got to take a break. It's at, we're actually at the bottom of the hour here on webmasterradio.fm. Um, Friends, it's 11.30 on on the West Coast, uh, 2.30 p.m. on the East Coast, or whatever time, if you listen to the show via podcast. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO. You listen to WebCology on WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay tuned. We've got 30 more minutes coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. WebCology will be back after this short break. And welcome back to the fire. Okay, Dave, I'm calling you because we've been getting some issues where I had to go ahead and, uh, just like I called you earlier, or yeah, I had to call you back because I was getting some echo. I'm getting that same problem again. Dave? Dave? Shit. I'll call him back. Okay. <laughs> He's there, but I'm going to just like do that little. This show is not feeling rhythmic at all. Maybe you just gotta throw out a zinger to like get 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 a uh, liven up the crowd, or like you know get get Dave laughing or something. I don't know. Well, I'm hesitant to get Dave going because he's just cutting in and out, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I love it when Dave gets going on a rant. Hey, Dave. Sure. 
Yeah. I, I love Dave's old music. Yeah, it's kind of cool. But it's always the Talking Heads or Miles Davis. Dave? Yep. And we've been having an issue where when, when I'm trying to bring you on, uh, we're still getting that echo problem a little bit. Yeah, it sounds like you're cutting in and out. Yeah. That's weird. Can you try okay, different headphones? I, I do have a screen up on wireless headsets that work with Skype. <laughs> so I'll have Skype by next week. Um, do you have a different I, headset uh, to work on today? or can Let me see what I can do here. If I cut it's you off... No, bro. I'm hearing about half of what you're saying. Here, but hold, no. on, hold on, Jim. He's trying to figure out a solution. Okay. Hello? Yes. How's that? We're going to have to just go with the rest of the show. I mean, uh, what was the solution? A handset? Pardon me? The solution is using the receiver? No, this is a uh, wired headset. Okay. Okay, let's try I use that. it as a backup. All right, cool. Hang on. We'll get started in a second. Cool. All right. 9 a.m. Pacific or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. As you know, being an expert at f- what did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f***? Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f*** performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, June the 2nd, uh, 11.35 a.m. On the, on the West Coast, 2.35 p.m. on the East Coast, or whatever time if you're listening via podcast. And I think, I'm pretty sure that we are done with our technical difficulties for the time being. Dave, can you hear me clearly from where, from where you're sitting? 
I can hear you perfectly. How about me? I can hear you perfectly. Um, you were cutting in and out for much of the show, and I think I've heard about half of what you had to say. Um, to be honest, I'm not even sure where we're going next. Uh, what do you say, cloud computing? Let's talk some cloud. <laughs> well, that seems as good a place to go after the uh, Google fiasco. I think actually, I think it's a great place to go after the after the Google fiasco because Google Gmail is all about storing your information, storing lots of information in the cloud. Google gives me more cloud space than anybody else for free. I got tons of stuff stored up there, and if you're an Amazon customer, or soon, if you're an Apple aficionado, you, my friends, are going to have rooms, houses, whole mansions in the clouds. Um, later, uh, I'm sorry, next week, Steve Jobs is going to be making a, uh, hopefully I should say, making an appearance at the um, Apple I.O. conference where he is going to be announcing, um, well, iCloud. A storage space for Apple users, uh, music, files, video, collaborative work. Um, there's not enough room on your phone for one more app, one more thin wafer of an app. Um, I guess there's cloud storage for it. So this whole cloud thing, Dave, we're talking about hacks, information security, and, you know, weighing it against information portability, what's your stomach telling you about the cloud? Uh, well, about the cloud as a whole, at this stage, um, I personally, um, you know, for example, with, with my Gmail and stuff, um, don't feel it to be a sizable enough threat um, to be worth not having the advantages. And, I mean, maybe that makes me one of, one of the worst, right? I mean, I know how to protect my own accounts and things like that, and, you know, my passwords are secure, I don't click on emails asking me <laughs> to go and, and log in and, and, and enter stuff. Um, so at this point, I do still uh, feel comfortable overall with the concept of cloud computing in a very, very limited uh, kind of way. So there's, there's certain points to me where there's advantages that outweigh potential risk. And I think that's every every decision we make is, is about risk versus reward. Right? I mean, whether you hire an SEO is risk versus reward. Um, so, I mean, we all have to deal with that. Um, but would I put highly, highly competent? Would I store my contracts, um, you know, in the cloud? Would I store, um, you know, confidential client, you know, usernames and passwords uh, in the cloud? No. <laughs> right? So my, my, my trust on it only goes so far, and, and really my trust of it um, goes much the same. You know, we, we talked last week, and we were talking about, you know, the, the, the black hat, white hat, uh, or, or we touched on it anyway. Um, and and my, my sort of comfort level with cloud computing at this point is, is very, very similar to that. I may do with my own information different things than I would do with information that I'm relied on by others to keep confidential. Um, and, and so it's, it's a vote in their favor or a vote in the favor of cloud computing that I am willing to use it for much of, of my, my communications and, and much of my life. Um, but I don't trust it with information that would be deemed confidential or where I'm 
reasonably expected to keep confidential by my clients, like username. Oh, okay. okay, so i got to challenge you with the question. Are you using any, um, you know, Google Mail service, Yahoo Mail service? Um, are you uh, uh, using Salesforce? You know, I, I, use, like um, I use Gmail. Salesforce is all in the cloud. Um, as, as one, and it is, but it's not my primary. Like, I still use my, you know, at Beanstalk for, for my predominant um, client-based communication. I suppose one of the exceptions, and, and you would you would catch me in a uh, in a lie. Well, I'm not a lie because it wasn't intentional, but um, where I do use Basecamp um, as a communication tool, and it is cloud-based. Um, so you're right. I, I do use uh, Basecamp as a communication tool with clients, and they do. It is a you know, it's secured, it's encrypted, um, but it is it is a, a point of failure uh, well, where. Everybody understands the risk. My clients inherent in using it understand what it is. Um, but it's, it's so, you know, again, reward versus risk. It is so convenient. Um, and I guess in a case like that and much like Gmail, there's sort of a cockiness in being small. <laughs> Where it's like there's so many better things you can get out of there than my information. Like there's so many way bigger companies um, using this system. The cockiness of being small, right? I mean, then you get bit in the ass. But... Um, you know, so it, it, there is the, 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 the risk-reward side of things. Um, with Apple, I think they're going to face the exact same things um, that Google's facing. They, they have become large enough. Like, they, I think for, for many, many years, and, and you, know, you notice, the, I think we've talked about this on the show, where viruses are more written, uh, or historically have been more written for Windows-based, and that because of their, of their market dominance. Um, but I think when it comes to the cloud, now we're dealing with things that people access via their phone as well and, and tablets as well, their market share and, and potential threat is now significantly larger, right? I mean, they, they, they've now opened themselves up um, where it's not just, you know, people who are, who are wanting to hit this, you know, whatever, 15% market share, whatever they're at now, you know, relatively small. We didn't even really pay attention to Bing when that was their only market share, right? I mean, to, to put it into context. Um, and, and, and now they, they're really opening themselves up because these, these clouds are going to be accessible from a huge array of devices that are extremely popular. Um, you know, I have an iPhone. Many people have iPhones. People in, in high-level government have iPhones, right? So now they've all of a sudden put themselves at risk, and I think they're going to find themselves under a much greater degree of attack from the outside world as far as this cloud goes. Um, I mean, heck, there's going to be people who just want to crack it just to crack it, right? I mean, you know those people. <laughs> we all do, right? There are people who just do this just to do it. Um, and just, you know, as soon as, as, soon as iCloud you know, is official and out and, and, and has some data, you know somebody's going to take a, uh, take a run at it, and probably successfully eventually. Um, so I, it, it does make me kind of uh, you know, nervous for their sake. I'm not a Mac user myself. Um, but it, it does hit a, a sort of odd spot where it's like they, they're opening themselves up, and I don't know if they are aware how wide they're opening themselves up because they're going to be a much larger target than they have been historically. Um, you know, so, so that's, that's sort of the root there. Um, something else I find curious, and this is off the security tangent of things, but um, as an iPhone user and understanding the enormous restrictions that they place on me, um, as you, you know, here's what I can download, here's what I can't, here's this, here's that. I do wonder what they're going to carry and allow in the cloud to that capacity. Are they going to be, um, you know, more googly about it, where it's like, it's your stuff, go ahead, right? If I'm, you know, stashing crap, it's, you know, just, you know, it would, go ahead, right, is, is sort of their philosophy. Um, you know, I'm sure if it violated laws and stuff, they'd, they'd pull it down. But, um, 
you know, what is what is Apple going to be doing with this iCloud? I, I will find that interesting too. Are they as proprietary in what they allow in there as they've really been um, with a lot of their um, development and a lot of their applications and, and things that you know, you can't. Oh, you know, you is Apple going to be a gated community? I'm sorry, we don't like Lady Gaga around here. You have to upload Dire Straits. Well, and, and you know what? You, you bring up Lady Gaga. That's, I mean, I tried to download the Group Shark app for my iPhone. Can't. You have to. You have to jailbreak the thing first, um, right? Because Apple won't allow it into the store and stuff like that. Well, you know, it's really? okay. You can get into like licensing thing, but is that really their argument, or is it because they have the store? <laughs> that they're trying to sell you their own store. stuff, and they don't want you to get um, it for free. Okay. I, uh... <laughs> Uh, we got we got to keep moving. It's um, actually it's getting to quarter two of the hour. We're going to have to go to break in a few moments and then close up with the, actually an interesting SEO question that's been asked in the chat room. But before we do that, I just want to make a quick point about the cloud computing. Um, Dave, as you know, my my career has taken some interesting twists and turns in the last couple of years, and one of them is you know helping represent is helping represent. Uh, new products and software that's coming to market. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm telling you, from the position I'm in right now, I'm loving the idea of the cloud. It reduces development costs, it increases storage space, it allows smaller and smaller devices. Um, it allows me as a marketer and as a, a developer to work with people around the world and not have to, you know, remember, like using Dropbox or... I mean, there's a number of ways you can transfer files now, large, large files that, you know, doesn't take forever. But it's so much faster just to upload to the cloud, much like, you know, having a central file server that everyone was uh, able to access without the security risks of that central file server. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm looking at my BlackBerry device right now. You might be looking at your, um, at your iPhone device sitting on your desk beside the computer. And I'm thinking the wonders of smaller and smaller computing devices. And that's all because it's cloud storage. I don't need a big-ass hard drive anymore. The Internet itself is, the oper- is my operating system. Right. Or it's the, it's the secondary operating system. And just the tiny, stripped-down OS in my BlackBerry or in your iPhone is now able to run a computing device that is stronger than uh, computers in the early 90s, early mid-90s. Um, I'm loving the cloud. Anyway, uh, stepping, stepping back from the clouds down to earth, San Diego SEO in our chat room, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like we really had a topic today, right? Like, um, <laughs> people think we planned this stuff before we go on the air, right? Eh? <laughs> um, San Diego SEO uh, says he has a pressing issue that keeps coming up over and over and over again and so I'm going to take it from the beginning of uh, his segment of the conversation in the chat room and it's, it's an interesting question I, I want to see if we, can, if we can answer it in the next 10 minutes As good as UGC, user-generated content, is for SEO, is it really going to help if you're creating creating completely rewritten product descriptions? Um, He goes on to say, which is best, using custom-written original keyword-supporting product descriptions 
or using the same while adding user reviews without control over what they write. Um, a couple of people chime back in, and um, San Diego SEO says, we currently leverage review uh, user-generated content, but on a subdomain to keep it separate. So, Dave, user-generated content is... Um, well, it's sexy. It's hot. It's, it's search engines are quite interested in what users are saying moment to moment to moment. In your practice, has you know the the prevalence of user generated content? Uh, I know that you have a couple um, really da- dynamic sites that you work with. Um, is the prevalence of uh, user generated content changing the way you approach SEO in some cases? Yeah, users are, are pesky because they don't pay attention to SEO. <laughs> uh, I know, so yeah, they I, phrase I, things I, so poorly. Sorry? They phrase things so poorly, I know. I know, I know. They, they need to, they, they, we need to put up a little tutorial before you post. <laughs> Read this. Um, so I, I do like um, user-generated content, obviously. Um, I mean, in some ways, it can also kind of be the, the, the lazy man's helper, right? Because you, you can write smaller um, things. A great example being product descriptions. Can you really write, you know, this great big, long, huge thing on, on products? Some of them, for sure, um, but, but some of them, not really. I mean, if it's a blue widget and it's a blue widget, you know, then, then that's what it is. Um, and so, yeah, what do you do? Well, user-generated content is fantastic. Um, I found that the, the one caveat being that users don't necessarily uh, you know, phrase things maybe the, the way you would want them to. Um, there's usually some ways to work that out, very similar to, um, not similar to, but using the same basic theories um, of, you know, using... Uh, you know, automated content and, you know, say a blog, for example, where you have you know, blog post by, and, you know, you can have it actually reading it and, and including the keywords. Um, you know, in, in the case of user-generated content on a product, for example, I would probably write, you know, this, you know at the bottom of it or something, or, or at the top, wherever you would be placing the name of this review, um, you know, the review of the, you know, blue widget done by so-and-so, right, just to kind of offset things, and then you can also set some minimum characters. You know, you can't write a, a, a review that is less than, you know, say 20 characters. I don't need to, you know, it's not helpful to see the word good or bad either, right? So you can also sort of force the visitor experience to improve, and at the same time, because you're making sure these keywords are in there, ensure that the review itself is bulked up a little bit um, to make sure that the, 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 you know, it doesn't look like keyword, keyword, keyword over and over and over again, because if you ended up with a bunch of, like, one-word reviews being plugged in there, then you're going to get one-word, keyword, one-word, keyword, one year. That's not going to look good, right? So you can, you can sort of force that. To that end, though, I do think um, user content is great. I mean, it, 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 it adds more. It's going to get you spidered more often, and, you know, that's not, you know, necessarily a direct, you know, you're going to rank because you're spidered a lot. Um, but if you need to make adjustments to your pages, knowing Google's going to be back there in a day or two is, is helpful. Um, to know that you're you're going to get those changes picked up uh, picked up faster. So I, I am a big fan of it uh, where applicable. I I do have sites though where it's just like you know what this is going to be such a disaster and such a time wasting um, exercise where we just go you know what we'll just write better um, longer product descriptions because monitoring what the users are saying across this many pages um, you know especially if you're under spam attacks or something like that. Um, you know, where people are just trying to put in crap and yet you need to moderate it, that can, can be disproportionately um, you 
you, you to the to the side of it's just not worth it. We'll just generate our own stuff. So that's sort of my view on it. I don't know if that answers the question. As, uh, as, uh, as you well, know. apparently we're approaching his question. Um, I, I, I asked a question in the chat room. Are we are we getting close? And he's like, Yeah, well, you know, it's it's close. So um, we only have a couple minutes left, so we really can't delve into this too too much. One thing I will say on user generated content. Um, and I'm not, I'm not thinking about blog comments specifically. I'm thinking of, you know, uh, reviews or yeah. uh, um, items that are, are, are placed on a, like a forum site by other users. Mm-hmm. Use those users who are scattered around the country or around the world. Use them for local search. Make a field where they have to put their city name in. I'm not sure how valuable that's going to be in the long run, but say you get a whole bunch of folks from Lansing, Michigan, writing about you know one of your products. My goodness! <laughs> Suddenly, you've got content relevant to Lansing, Michigan, on your pages. You'll do well in that small geographical area. Similarly, if you can get you know people from New York or, or Tallahassee, Florida, or wherever. Leaving their city name, and you have a, a, another shot in uh, in in localized search results. Not in local search, but in localized, regionalized search results. Um, is it a way to get um, Google ready saleable descriptions on your site? Well, no, but you already knew that. <laughs> so, um, okay. The last thing, because we we have like one minute and thirty seconds left. Google Plus One has been rolled out um, around the world now. Um, I'm seeing it up here in Canada. I know that it, I know um, it's being seen through the states. Dave, have you plus one anything yet? Uh, I've plus one stuff. I've I've added it to uh, to our blog so that people can plus one us there. Um, I was uh, I had the pleasure of sitting on a, a webinar last week. Um, with some folks at Google who went off topic um, and actually basically said it is going to be a clear as a bell. It is going to be an organic SEO fact. Um, okay. So you know, that, that's the first time I've heard it be quite that clear on something like this. They were really quite clear on it. So, um, so we know it is. So get it up onto your sites. Get it up onto your blogs, and uh, you know. Make sure that uh, make sure that every opportunity you can to, to be plus one, you are. Okay, you know what? Next week, I want to talk uh, a little bit about uh, Google Plus One, but I also want to talk about hacking next week. I know that we're going to have a couple special guests on, one of whom is sitting in the chat room right now. Uh, Jonas Stein and John Hoffman from CodeGuard are going to be our guests next week. But we can't talk about them or about Google Plus One or about pretty much anything until next week, Dave, because... Because we've ragged the puck to the top of the hour. Friends, it's 11.55 a.m. on the west coast of North America, 2.55 p.m. on the east coast, or whatever time if you're listening to this show on podcast. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO reminding you you can always hear Webcology live on Webmaster Radio Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. You can download the podcast from the Webmaster Radio Archive. You can hear the show live on iTunes. You can download a podcast from uh, um, from iTunes Radio and um, any other fine podcasting distribution service out there. 
It is now exactly 11.55 a.m. we got the news coming up and great content coming up on the network. Friends, stay tuned, and Dave and I will talk to you next week.